Welcome to the Apocalypse Podcast. Welcome, Welcome to the Apocalypse. One more. Welcome to the Apocalypse Podcast. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Hello and welcome once again to the Apocalypse Podcast, the podcast where we're eating an entire pig. I'm James Bellardi, and of course, I'm joined by Chief Taste Tester Sam. Hi, Sam. Bonjour. <laughs> Sam, before we get going, we need to say a little thank you to Sammy, who provided that wonderful intro for us. Yes, we do. Um, and also for renaming the podcast a Porkcast. I can't believe it took a small child to think up that. Great really portmanteau. Really great <laughs> <laughs> We never did it ourselves. I always thought we were great at portmanteaus, but just not as good as Sammy, clearly. Clearly not. So the inimitable Sammy is the son of our very good friends, Alex and Will, um, who got to partake in one of today's recipes. They did indeed. Now, it's our ninth episode. Can you tell me how much pork is left in our freezer? Well, it is our ninth episode. Hmm. I think we've got a face left, some kidneys, some cheeks, a Boston butt, hmm. a leg loin. What, what would you say, like 30 kilos? Yeah, probably yeah. about that. It's that, not... That's what we've got left. We've got so much space that we bought a entire box of beef. Yeah, from... it, it, it's nice to be able to like fit other stuff in the freezer now. It's been quite a while. You know, I don't have to sort of Tetris everything in and out when we buy something new. Yeah. So 30 kilos left. Based on the NHS health eating guidelines of 70 grams of meat a day, we're looking at about 42 portions of Bebop left. I really do think that we're eating more than <laughs> the NHS recommended. I don't think we're going to have 42 portions left. But No, <laughs> no, probably not. But, I mean, it's, it's a good haul. You know. Well, we are in lockdown 2.0, so probably... We are comfort eating somewhat. I feel like since we got over the halfway mark and we've sort of broken the back out of it, then like I can see the light at the end of the tunnel within, in terms of the remaining pork. I can see the ice at the back of the freezer. Now, let's talk about this week's cut. It's a tricky one to define because originally what I wanted to do was an entire episode about leg meat. That would have been like two hours long. Yeah, because like pigs have four legs. Do they? And that is a lot of meat. It's like actually mostly legs when you think about a pig except for the belly um so we'd been talking about like a 20 episode recipe like bumper 20 recipe episode that's what i meant we'd, we'd be talking about like a 20 episode recipe <laughs> no i'm doing it wrong again we'd be talking about a 20 recipe episode yeah that's a bit t- we can't even our most dedicated fans hello evil matt could not be expected to sit through that. No, and also the amount of time it would take me to type that up for the website, which is apocalypsepodcast.com, would, would just be a nightmare. So um, I was looking at different ways to portion up, as it were, the, the recipes. And one of the ways you can do it is to look at a particular area of the leg that butchers refer to as chump. You're a chump. Brilliant. Now, the chump is... Basically, it's like the rump of the pig. You know, you get like rump steak on a cow. Mm-hmm. Same kind of idea. So it's like the, the the love handles and it's basically the meat at the very top of the leg where the hip meets the loin. But rump is one of my favourite beef cuts. Well, we can discuss today whether or not rump is one of your favourite pork cuts. Indeed. But essentially, it's the same bit, albeit on a pig. Uh, the muscles it includes are the middle gluteal, the superficial gluteal, the coxal tuber and the tensile tensile fasciae latte. 
We tend to think of rump as a cheaper cut, but one of the great things about it is that on any animal, it's where lots of different muscles come together. So you can get quite a few different textures and flavours within a single cut of rump, or chump, as we're calling it today. And that's why I really like rump steak. Yeah. It feels like every time you have a different bit of it, it tastes a little bit different. There is a lot of chump on a pig. Yes, there is. So we had about (laughs) seven kilos of it. Often when you see it in supermarkets and stuff, it's cut into chops. But it just so happened that ours would be cut as as roasting joints, basically. So we did big ol' hunks o' chump. Hunks o' chump. (laughs) Hunks o' chump. Now, before we get into the recipes that we cook, don't forget that if you have any thoughts on pork or would just like to share some recipes with us, then find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or join us at apocalypsepodcast.com. The recipes. Chump turned out to be the meat that we cook when we don't know what else to eat. It's Sunday... We want to roast something. I, I can't get inspired by one of the sort of more nuanced niche cuts. But we need a big old lump of protein to roast. And we'll just whack a bit of chump out of the freezer. You remember way back in May when it was Clap for Carers. And we just had got Bebop at this point. And we were going outside to clap for the NHS every week. And we used that opportunity to foist some meat on our neighbours. We did. Now, we've already talked about how we gave some chops to our upstairs neighbour, Andy. Yeah. But we also gave a chump to... <laughs> sounds so weird. We gave a chump yeah. to our lovely next-door neighbours, Peter and Jennifer. So that was probably about one of the seven kilos. And recipe-wise, they told me that they roasted it whole, Sunday lunch style, and it was a little bit dry. We did tell them not to do that. We told them to pot roast it. Because it didn't have any fat on the top. Yeah, so part of the issue that we've had with this batch of chump is that when I gave the instructions to the butcher, I said, I'll remove a lot of the skin because I'm going to use that for other recipes. And it turned out that the butcher removed loads and loads and loads of the skin. And, and actually, sometimes it would have been quite useful to have had that particularly on these chump cuts yes well you live and learn don't you we know what to do for pig 2.0 as well now so in terms of like the recipes that we cover this week i'm going to not include peter and jennifer's bit even though it was one of the recipes i can go knock for them if you like i get it well but we've already got their review and their review (laughs) was it was a little bit dry oh i imagine that i think they they might really love coming in to be on the podcast i'm sure they would i mean i've not mentioned it to them but i imagine that they, you know, yeah. they, they would be fans. True. Anyway, so we told them to cook it in a pot roast. They didn't. And I think that they were a little bit disappointed, frankly. But we pot roasted one ourselves yeah, in a so spanish style Couple, couple of weeks later, fairly sort of simple, albeit freestyle recipe. And to be honest with you, when it comes to writing this up for the website, I'm going to slightly make up what we did because I don't entirely remember. But basically, just put it all in a big pot with a load of potatoes, chicken stock, and chorizo, tomatoes. And then um, slow cooked it for like 10 hours because it was one of those days during the first lockdown where we well, had nothing What else, else is there to do? do? Yeah. yeah it's just... But it's not like you to freestyle, is it, James? Well, I was just feeling feisty that day. <laughs> Third bit, we ate just as a straight up roast dinner. That one did have a good amount of fat on it. It did. There was so much in the freezer when we were eating all of this over the summer, wasn't there, that we didn't even know which bits had fat and which bits didn't. It was only when no. we were like, okay, we need to find another bit of chump, had to get everything out of the freezer yeah. to find it, that we would be like, oh, pleasant surprise, there's some fat and skin on top of it. Yeah, well, it was like when it was defrosted. Sometimes you can't tell when it's in the plastic. Yeah. Uh, fourth bit was the big bit. Do you remember the big bit? 
Yeah, like two and a half kilos. The bit we took to Alex and Wills, right? Yeah, so that was the scene of little Sammy's contribution at the beginning of the episode. Thank you again, Sammy. We were basically just really drunk and and he wouldn't go to bed. <laughs> uh, so why not get him involved? <laughs> but yeah, we knew that if we were going to do two and a half kilos, that that was... That was more than a James and Sam amount. That, that yeah, it needed like... to be shared, and we did it with an apricot stuffing, which was delicious. Yeah, it was very nice. Well, I should also point out that this happened between lockdowns, and it was completely legal for us to do. Uh, just in case you're worried out there that we were not taking our COVID responsibilities seriously. And the fifth and the final bit, you know, up until then, all the cooking methods that we'd done had been pretty straightforward. And the fifth and final bit was about a kilo. It had no fat on it. And I was just determined to not let it dry out. So we turned it into ham. Yay! Ginger Pig recipe, Ginger Pig cookbook. Ginger Pig is a fantastic butcher in London if you are within the M25 and you have an opportunity to... They do deliveries nationwide. Do they? (laughs) They do indeed. wow. (laughs) Then you should check them out. But they have this thing, the farmhouse cookbook. There is a wet, cured, dry, hung ham. And it was basically... 12 days in brine, which I did with maple and, you know... Coarse maple. Bay leaves. Curing salts, sugar, things. mustard seeds, bay leaves. Oh, all bay that leaves. Jazz. Oh, from our bay tree outside, brought to us by Andy and Sally. Thanks, Andy and Sally. Who are Andy and Sally? My cousin and his... The mother of his child. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, so 12 days in brine. And then it was hung in a muslin cloth in our fridge. Yeah, for like 28 days. 28 days. It was a 40-day process. But who knew that you could just get really good ham in just 40 days? That's all it takes is a month and a bit. But we transformed that bit of chump. And we had it with chips, peas, a spiced grilled pineapple and fried eggs. It was delicious. Lavish. Now, the judging. Let's go back to the beginning. The pot roast. Um... I think I would, you know, it was just like a good medium, medium. It was medium, medium. Yeah, it's fine, wasn't it? I like, I barely remember it, but I'm sure we got some protein into our bodies. It was nice at the time, but it's obviously not stayed with me in the way that some of the other epic meals we've had have. I think that it's basically the perfect meal for a cut like chump, which is not in itself inherently flavorful, and you can use it as a vehicle for other spices and sauces and yeah, so on and so on. Nice. So yeah, I agree it's like a, a medium medium or like selecting Mario in Mario Kart. It's not particularly strong in any area, but it'll get you through that. It's not a risky move. <laughs> My mark out of ten is six out of ten. What? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Would I cook it again? If I was a bit stuck and happened to have loads of chump. Okay. The roast. Talk me through the roast. Well, it did have some fat on it didn't it mm-hmm. that is an understatement so we ended up with really amazing crackling a lot of that fat really got into the gravy in a way that wasn't 100 percent pleasurable oh yeah greasy Do you remember gravy. the really great greasy gravy jam? because it didn't produce a lot of juice from which to make the gravy but so, a lot of fat mm, yeah well, then that's a bit of the chef's error again isn't it well, you say that, but <laughs> the chump itself, rather than the, the fat layer on top, didn't produce loads of juice. So from that, it was harder to make a gravy with. But nonetheless, I thought, you know, it was extremely tasty um, and it didn't dry out because we had that fat. But, it was, you know, it's not the the best cut of, of pork to roast. It's not like a loin, which will give you that balance of mm. fat and moisture. But nonetheless, it's satisfying. Seven out of ten. 
Mm, I think I'm going to go six again. Wow. Because I barely remember it. <laughs> you're, a, you're a harsh marker. Indeed. So the apricot stuffed roast, you remember the two and a half kilo bit that we had at Alex and Will's? I was pretty drunk at the time and I don't entirely remember what that tasted like, but the WhatsApp bounce the next day suggested that everyone had a very good time. So I'm assuming it was a success. Well, we were quite hungover the next day, that is true. I do remember Alex asking how you made the kale. I don't remember her asking how you made the pork. Well, she didn't ask me how it was, <laughs> but she didn't need to because, you know, she she was just expressing how much she enjoyed it. It was nice. It had cracklings, so that was really good. Um, I think a little bit of the stuffing got a bit burnt. Around the edge, but yeah. it helped to keep the moisture in on the inside of it. True, it didn't mean that the pork was really moist, but um, it just meant some of the edges were a little bit burnt and um, that pan was a bitch to clean. It was. I'm going to say it was a solid 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to agree. Good 7. And the last bit, though, oh, my, my personal favourite. The ham. The ham, which was so, so tasty. I should point out, before we ate it, there was some trepidation because after we took it out of the muslin cloth of... 40 days there was a bit of some white web mold on there and I nearly binned it because I was just sort of terrified of well, being I think if I had opened it I'd have just eaten it wouldn't I no I know but <laughs> we have different standards in that sense I tweeted a picture of it to the ginger pig who refused to take responsibility for whether or not I should or shouldn't eat it but then they've got a reputation thought, to uphold no I know exactly and I, I suppose I could probably sue if I'd got diphtheria off the back of it but the, the other people then got involved in the twitter conversation and between us we collectively decided it was probably fine and i'm glad we did i'm glad social media is good for something because it it was just it was delicious it was extremely moist partly from the brining partly from the cooking technique which was interesting you basically create a water bath underneath it sit the ham on a rack and then have like a foil tent over the top mm, like steaming it exactly like steaming it and what a great way to cook pork i'm sort of surprised that it's taken us this long to discover that with all our different recipes but I highly recommend it and didn't it make you a bit sad that we hadn't cooked loads of other ham with the rest of the chump we had all of these six out of ten pieces when we could have been having nine out of ten ham True, true. Well, at this very moment in time, we are currently curing another cut in the hand, uh, which will be covered in another episode, for our Christmas ham. So, you know, the lessons have been learned either way. Mark's out of ten for the ham. I'm going to say solid nine. Yeah, I think a nine too. I wouldn't even, like, mark it down because of the mould. I'm going to mark it only down a point because you went, like, so OTT with the maple. Yet again. Yeah, but I, I love that flavour. I know, and I know you like like the saltiness and the sugariness of the maple. However, I could do with just a touch less. Just putting that out there for the Christmas ham. Noted. But still, good. Um, Not saying it'll be abided by, but noted. Really good. It's one of your favourite meals is ham, egg and chips. And I love the grilled pineapple. It was a big win. Would you buy Chump again? But why? Why am I buying it? Am I buying it to make ham? Sure. Am I buying it because I just don't know what else I want to eat? Possibly it's quite cheap. It's like it's a it's a workhorse cut. It's a lump of protein. That's I don't cook like that though. If I was buying it, I don't go. Oh, this is a bit of an average piece of meat. I need to put loads and loads of effort in to make it taste good. Mm. That's not really how I cook. That's more how you cook. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, don't forget to hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode of the Apocalypse Podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or at apocalypsepodcast.com. 
Join us once again on the next episode of the Apocalypse Podcast, where we'll be gorging on pork until there's no more left. See you then. Thanks again, Sammy. Thank <laughs> you.